0: Broncos All-Decade Tackle Orlando Franklin. Two-time All-Pro linebacker Chad Brown. Former Broncos tight end and New York Times best selling author, Nate Jackson. 1043, the band welcomes you into the Players Club. Right, now,
1: Cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you used to. I look funny. But yo, I'm
0: making money, see. So yo world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town, and my sound's laid down by the underground. I'm drinking all the Hennessy you got in your shelf. So just let me introduce myself, my This is the players club. On a way you have Wednesday. Hey. Happy Wednesday, it's hot out there, hotter than a witch's cauldron <laughs> Don't do it Hotter than Buzz Aldrin out there, and it's gonna get hotter Gentlemen, how are we? We are We are a full Players Club house today Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, Johnny Simmer Behind the Glass, kicking the beats on Where You At Wednesday where are you guys at this morning? I mean, physically, you're here. But how are you guys feeling, Orlando? You f- I feel
2: awesome, man. I got up this morning, got a nice stretch, some meditation. And then my kids woke up and just kind of ruined my mood for a little bit because they were just at each other's throats. So um getting them ready this morning, there was a, a little bit more of a hassle because... Both of them woke up at the same time, but after they were dressed, things started calming down in the Franklin household, <laughs> and I'm back to my, my Zen place now.
0: So tell me about your meditation. How long have you been meditating, and, and what does it do for you? And and what do you do when you're meditating? How, like, how long do you do it? What do you think about it? Do you put on some, like, waterfall? Is there music? Are you, are you trying to empty your mind? Are you um, trying to focus on one thing? Mm, how, how does it work? Dealer's choice, um, but... As far as how long I'm doing it
2: for and different things like that. But yes, it's about emptying your mind and and clearing it as much as possible and focusing on your breathing where you're hoping that nothing else pops into your mind at that point and where you're spending a lot of brain power on that subject. So it's been something that started to get implemented in my life when I was in college at the University of Miami. On Thursdays, we would do it, like the whole entire team, we would go into the weight room and they would bring somebody in and kind of teach us how to meditate. And it's just something that I've always leaned on. Didn't do it as much as I would like to while I was playing. But uh, after I retired, it's definitely something that helps me kind of
1: get centered each and
0: every day. What about you, Chad? You a uh,
1: meditation guy? Meditator? Uh, Meditation's typically a part of your yoga practice. So when I am in my practice, uh, I haven't been recently, um, but in the past, yeah, meditation is, is a part of that too. The ability to quiet your mind um, is just, you know, I think a, a nice thing to be able to do so you can, you know, refresh your thoughts, look at things from a different perspective. It's definitely been useful in my life. I don't have a daily practice like, oh, but I need to get back to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you hear about it more and more. You know, uh, it's getting more and more popular, meditation, breath work, things like that. Like, it's, it's, it's a funny state that our society's in when, like, we have to remember to breathe. And to be quiet. To yeah. breathe. Mm-hmm. Breathing should be involuntary, right? We should know how to breathe, but uh, oftentimes we find ourselves not breathing correctly, holding our breath, um, anxious. And so when you do focus on the breath, that kind of – does that make the rest of your body more efficient? Obviously, you're, you're not a meditative, you know, like, you're not educated probably like the, a lot of these teachers – but what kind of effects do you feel after, you're medit- like after you've meditated?
2: I feel fresher. I, I feel like I'm more dialed in and ready to go and kind of just focused on each and every task for the day. Um, I, I'm certainly more clearer as far as what I'm going to do and the process that I'm going to do it. You know, we come here, we, we sit on a radio show for two hours and then we're done. It's 11 a.m. What do we do for the rest of the day? Um, Right? So we have so many different things, right? I have young children. You have young children. Chad has older children. But it's now, okay, I'm going to go to this construction site and check up on this house that I'm building, um, this spec home. I'm going to go to now my construction site and check up on my family personal house. I might, you know, go downtown and check up on the cars that I'm building as well. And all of that is happening before 3.15, before picking up the kids, right? Because once we get the kids, it's all about the kids. But for me, it, it always gave me a better sense of clarity as far as how to get through the day and the steps that I'm going to take in order to get the day. Like, I'm not just out there flying by the seat of my pants.
0: Yeah, I think about back when my, you know, my parents bought the house that I grew up in. That was 46, 47 years ago. The, the number of things that adults had to deal with at that time, a lot fewer than what we deal with now it's like they get three or four bills throughout the month you know they sit down they pay those bills they send them out and they don't have to worry about the constant i don't know updating in the terms and conditions and the this and the that the alerts in them like we have so many tabs open in our brains and meditation will allow you to x out all those tabs right yes yes definitely. and just and just remove yourself from the vertigo of everyday life i think it's pretty important um to, And, and you know, that's without a cell phone around. So keep your cell phone off when you meditate. And speaking of cell phones, I was reading the camp rules, the training camp rules for the Denver Broncos. 2023 for the fans who go there. You may have your cell phone there, but it has to be off or on silent and put away. Do you think they'll be able to enforce that? I mean, do you think that's a feasible rule to enforce on a crowd of 3,000 people who are there to see their heroes?
2: Oh, man. It's laughable. Um, so You you can't even walk into a high school classroom and get them to, you know, not look at their cell phones. No. You, you could literally sit there and be like, hey, this is a 50-minute class. We don't want you to look at your cell phone. I probably would like to bet you 70% at least of those students that are in that class are going to look at their cell phone before that class is over. Oh, yeah. So I don't think this is going to be something that you can enforce at all. Unfortunately.
0: So why why even throw that out there? I mean, what is it, Chad? What is what is Sean Payton trying to accomplish by telling everyone to keep their phones off? I don't know. Uh, you know, is it like at the movie, like you know, focus on the movie, don't distract <laughs> the people around you, or is there some sort of uh, security issue, or is it a a tactical issue where they don't want to to let people know what they're doing? Basically,
1: Sean is- Payton wants to control the narrative. He wants to control the message, and if there's you know, three thousand messengers up on the hill, taking pictures and video, and uh, populating Twitter and the internet with all. Oh, I guess it's actually X now that Elon Musk is involved. The last couple of days, have they actually changed the name? It's it. They're, they're trying to co-brand it at the very least X. Yes. So we'll see how it, all that plays out. But <laughs> what's that's what? Champagne is trying to control the message as much as possible. And so if there is a if plays starts showing up on the internet, he's trying to avoid that now. I've done coaching internships, not in the last couple of years, but a couple years before that. And, you know, every 30 minutes, all right, let's break the meeting so you guys can go play with your phones for five minutes and you can come back in and be focused. Every 30 minutes? In uh, one of the teams I was at, yes. Every yeah. 30 minutes. Well, well I remember on teams where they've done it every hour.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Phone breaks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember Cliff Kingsbury when he when he was like, that, was, that made news. He was going to have mandatory, you know, at Instagram breaks for his guys. Right. That didn't work out, though. <laughs> uh, you so know, I th- wonder if, like, you know, Sean Payton's attempt at doing it the opposite way. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to use your phone. I'm going to control your phone use. I- I- if that's trying to push back against this tendency of, of people to be so distracted, his players included.
1: Oh, well, he's going to be facing an uphill battle. These guys have just coming off the off season, So suddenly to go into the facility and your phone's got to be locked away in your locker until the end of the day... That's unrealistic. Uh, what if you got a pregnant wife? What if you one of your parents are sick? The ability to stay in contact is now not just an expectation. We feel like it's a right in life today. I've got a phone. What do you mean? I can't check on something important to me. What do you mean? I can't check on my loved ones. So that's uh, if that's Sean Payton's true goal. Um, he will be facing an uphill climb and there will be some grumbling and pushback on that.
0: That's the pushback that uh schools get when they try to you know curtail cell phone use with with high school students, like you were talking about. the parents say, "Well, what if there's an emergency? Yeah. what if I have to get a hold of the kid? That's why they need the cell phone
2: yeah it's a, it's a different world nowadays right and and just how you you go gr- you know it's something that I've noticed when I look at my parents right and I look at like my mom and dad and what they had to go through growing up and all the different things well. I, I cannot, you cannot keep on telling me about the old days because I never had to go through the old days. Just like my children. My children are not going to know about the whole using a the payphone. They're not going to ho- know about, you know, playing Snake on a phone, on the old Nokia phones, right? They're, they're going to get these computers, and they're, they're going to just be in a different, completely different world. So I, I get to a certain extent, but when you, you send your kid to school, it's for seven hours a day, right? And you're expecting your kid to be able to learn. I think parents, they're a part of the distraction aspect. When when they sit there, what if I need to get a hold of them? Well, you could call the school. The school could get a hold of your, your child. You don't need to be texting your child throughout the day. So I just think they just fall into this whole, they begin to be, become more of the problem rather than helping to create a solution.
0: And doesn't that lead to less self-sufficient children children who can't solve problems on their own when they're always mommy daddy's always a text away or walking them through every task or always there to get them out of any jam or answer any question kids have to find out how to navigate the world themselves at some point Um, when does that happen this is a discussion that's um, gonna rage on for years until we finally put the kibosh on this and pull the plug on the internet for good that'll be that'll be the day I'm looking forward to that day Uh, until then we got a lot of 1,000 fans, not into the building, but onto the field on Friday for the first kind of open practice. So we're gearing up for that, and we've been counting down each position group, doing our MVPs of each position group. Guys, we got the running backs. Yeah, they proved to be a, an integral part of the Broncos success this season. We're going to pick an MVP of those running backs next. <laughs> You've been admitted VIP entry into the Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. DJ Shadow featuring Run the Jewels. I was listening to, I, I was watching uh, old school MTV yesterday. Like, they have like three different, four different M- MTV channels on YouTube TV. And one of them has videos all the time. Mm-hmm. And there was this old Gangstar. Um, oh, I love Gangstar. Guru. What, what was the, uh, one of his songs? And it said something about, uh, it, um, when the jewels are there, you gotta run them. And I realized they took Run the Jewels from that Gangstar song. Mm-hmm. The lyrics from the Gangstar song. Did you know that? Wow. Also, the band Godsmack, mm-hmm. you probably don't know him, Chad. Ooh but- la la. Chad Brown. But Ch- but Godsmack took their name Godsmack from Alice in Chains, and they had a song called Godsmack. Mm-hmm. So, just a fun fact there. You guys don't seem very interested. Um, look. Good artists borrow, great artist steal. You've heard that one before? I have heard that absolutely.
1: Imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Um, you should be stoked that someone, quote unquote stole your idea because it was so great. You want to be given stoked some credit.
0: until they get a bunch of money and you, you want didn't. to be given credit for it. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: You want your record label to make sure you get paid
0: for this sample. All right, so we're going to dive into these running backs. We're going to choose an MVP, but we're going to take it slow. We're going to we're going to stroll, slow walk up to that um F, up to that choice for us because. I wanted to discuss them, just Javante Williams and his injury. Now, he has been cleared to come back to play after his ACL, which wasn't just an ACL. Apparently, it was all the all the ligaments. It was what you call an unhappy triad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. I've seen it's that the, poster uh, in the training room. <laughs> right? You remember that poster? Yep. Was the ACL, the MCL, the PCL or something Correct. like that? Uh-huh. Anyway, he blew out his knee pretty badly. And uh, he, that's less than a, a year ago. He has been cleared. Guys, but is he ready? Those are two different things because we remember Jamal Murray, right? He was cleared, but he wasn't ready, and so he put his foot down and said, "I'm not ready." And the and the Muggles said, "But you're cleared. Who's lying here?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, I may have been cleared, but I'm not ready." Basketball and football, the pressure is different to get back on the quarter of the field after an injury. But Orlando, Javante Williams has been cleared, but is he ready? And what really determines that? Um, yes, he's cleared,
2: but absolutely, he's not ready. Nobody's ready. Nobody is ready that just walked into that Broncos building ready to play football. It's about ramping it up. It's about getting back out there. It's about teaching these guys now and callusing their body and their brain and getting them ready for the grind of a season. You don't just show up to training camp and say, put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. You don't just show up to training camp and all of a sudden start tackling because you haven't done it since December. right? So with Javante Williams, he is ready. But you're definitely going to have to slow play this thing. And it's all about ramping it up when it comes to him. I would look at Javante Williams, Randy Gregory, the exact same way. These guys, we, we Tim Patrick as well. We got to get these guys ready for the Las Vegas Raiders. So Friday, when they have practice, Javante, you might only get four reps. You might get one carry each period out there yeah, or one rep in each period. So you might have to run a route. But I want to see now, Come after Friday, how do you feel Saturday morning when you were cutting against somebody? Because everything that Devontae has done right now, it's against air or it's a trainer holding a bag, right? I mean, when a trainer's out there, you have a a lot of confidence when you're a superstar and you're in the NFL. Now you got to go do it with other superstars out there on the field. So you really have to slow play this thing with Devontae to get him ready and build it up
1: the right way so he could play 17 games for you got to think backwards, man. You got to think backwards. You can't think of, oh, it's the first day of training camp. Let's see what this guy has. Think to game one that Sunday. What does do we need to do between now and then to get this guy ready? And it certainly does not say full speed uh, in week one. There's nothing about that that's going to be helpful for Javante Williams. Find a way, to, those those points, to slowly ramp him up. Find a way to get him the reps, keep him mentally involved, uh, participate in as many drills as possible, but You know, have a pitch count for the reps. If it's one on ones, linebackers and running backs, yeah, he gets one or two reps and let's get him out of there. He doesn't have to prove himself here in week one. The proving grounds will be the regular season for all these guys, all the injured guys. You've got to approach it from that respect. And I know guys can get injured. In a non-contact drill. We talked about that yesterday. That's always a traditional start to training camp. There's some massive headline on ESPN or something. Somebody goes down in a non-contract drill and they're done for the entire rest of the season. That's the thing. It certainly is a possibility, but you've got to have a pitch count with these injured guys to make sure you don't rush them back too soon. There's no, nothing is won here in the first week of training camp. Get to a place where you actually can affect the outcome of the season and that start, that's the start of the regular season.
0: That sounds that sounds good. That it sounds good. right. It is right. But the pressure is there on day one to go out there and, and, and I, <laughs> I hope not. Do it. Who's putting the pressure on him? Uh, George Payton when he said he'll be ready to go. Um when he was still in the middle of his rehab and hadn't even put a foot on the grass yet. He'll be ready to go. Oh, but he did walk it back. He walked it back and said, Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but he put it in the air. Right. Javante heard it. Mm-hmm. The pressure's on, he knows that. Samaj P. Ryan's here. That's mm-hmm. pressure. I, I hope he's not feeling the pressure. These big boys that they signed in the offseason to bolster the running game, that's going to be an integral part of Russell Wilson's resurgence and Sean Payton's new stamp on this thing? That's pressure, isn't it? Don't you have to do it in training camp to be ready to do it in for, the regular season? For as, for,
2: go ahead. Absolutely not. I don't think any of that's pressure. I don't think the Samazi P. Ryan coming in, and if you're Javante Williams, you look at the contract of Samazi P. Ryan, the first two years are guaranteed. So he'll, they'll be ready to pay you right after if you do what you're supposed to do. The running back market right now, I don't think any running back wants to hit the free agency market as well with what's going on in that world. And those guys are not getting paid. So maybe slow play this thing as, as long as possible. But I don't think Javante looks in the, around that room and says, Oh my goodness gracious, this is pressure. You've already shown that you've earned your keep with a guy that was a first round pick and Melvin Gordon when the, he was brought in here and you. Stole carries or or took carries from him because your rookie year, you guys were kind of even. And at that point, Melvin was going into his second year here. And yet the Broncos still drafted you. Javante is a a George Payton guy, which will turn into a Sean Payton guy because of his violent run style. I don't think Javante should feel pressure at
1: all going into this training camp because he is coming off that ACL. Running back is the only position where you are, if you are successful, that is a detriment to you so for Devontae Williams to come out of training camp with less reps than you know he he would have preferred because he's feeling the pressure to do stuff
0: why do you do it, that with your hands like because it's
1: ridiculous it's a,
0: this pressure thing is a ridiculous notion hopefully he's, that's not ridiculous feel- notion they got four running backs on the depth chart yeah okay and he's clearly the best yeah, of the four when healthy clearly but he also feels that he has something to prove he's, he missed all of last season had 47 carries all season long yeah and you don't feel think he feels the pressure Oh. <laughs>
1: is that is that the example of the pressure is squeezing him? <laughs> yes. No man, look at the running back market. Recognize the fewer touches you have, that's actually to your benefit. You want to find a way to maximize your touches, not maximize your touches. It's, it's, it's a different thing. You know what I'm saying there? You want to, if you can come out of the season with 180 spectacular touches, that is far better than having 320 touches and they're not being spectacular because you will be viewed as a still an asset that's got tread left on the tires as opposed to we got to find a way to get rid of this guy or draft his replacement because now he's reached a thousand carries in his career.
0: Well, he's got 250 carries so far in his career. 203 is rookie year when he was splitting carries with Melvin Gordon, and they literally split it right down the middle, and they uh, had 903 yards. Well, Javante had 903 yards, four touchdowns. This is as a rookie. He had 43 catches as well. So that's about 250 touches that rookie year. Last year, he was done in four games, 47 attempts, 204 yards, and he had 16 catches in those four games. So not a lot of tread on those tires. Um, and so the pressure shouldn't be there, but I'm just wondering, is it? And I'm hoping that it isn't because this guy needs to get right. Like we talked about before, Jamal Murray, he was cleared long before he was ready. So is there that gap that's going to exist for Javante Williams? Is there that gap that's going to exist for Tim Patrick? When you look when you look at this running back depth chart, you got Javante Williams, you got P. Ryan, who we discussed, and then you got Tony Jones Jr., Tyler Batty, and we got a fullback, Michael Burton. And we are going to choose our MVP of this group later in the show. But next, we're going to join by our very own Night News Broncos insider, Mike Kliss. He joins us next. You've been admitted VIP entry into the Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. Working on getting our friend Mike Cliss. Before we get him, guys, you gonna watch the U.S. Women's Soccer game tonight? I think it's tonight. They're playing the Netherlands in the World Cup opening stages, but a rematch of the 2019 World Cup final. You guys mm. interested at all?
2: Um, what else is on? Is, is there any other sporting no. event on? No? Okay, I'll, I'll tune in at some point then. Yeah. I'm the guy that it goes on. Um, that's what I love about Xfinity, right? You could press, like, the C button, and then it, like, kind of pops up, and you could go to directly to sports and see all the sports that are on. So I'm sure that I'll get on women's soccer tonight at some point.
0: That's the only thing going right now. And they are excellent. So it's, it's – it's, you got to support excellence in sports, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Chad, you've talked about women's sports, how they're just as exciting as men's sports. In some cases, more exciting. I want to get back to that. We've got Mike Kliss here right now joining us. Nine News, Broncos insider on the Johnson Auto Plaza Highline. Mike, thanks for joining us. I know it's a packed day for you, so appreciate you jumping on with us. We are just talking about Javante Williams. He has been cleared, but is he ready? And what's the difference there? Is he feeling the pressure, or is he actually ready to go, Mike?
3: Yeah, we'll find out a little bit more uh, this week. As they, um, you know, he's cleared for training camp. I think Sunday is going to be the first day of pads, and that will really uh, give us a better indication. I, I agree with you. He's he's cleared to go. So that means they think he's ready to roll, but um, you don't really know until you put him out there. It is 10 months, uh, which is, you know, I, I, I think I, I've always been told and, you know, with and covering baseball and and football, it's kind of a nine month injury is what they is what they tell you when they had the surgery. Uh, it always tends to be a little bit longer, but ten months is not bad. I say this, no one's paying attention to Aaron Patrick, but he had his ACL fifteen days after Javante did, and Aaron Patrick has been cleared. So, to get to this point is not a surprise. It will be interesting to watch Devontae and how he comes along this uh, training camp and preseason to see if he's ready to go against the Raiders for game one. Hey, Mike,
1: Yoma uh, Wazarrique was suspended for the entire year. Can't apply for reinstatement until, so I think, next July. Um, this gambling thing seems to be biting a number of teams around the league. Has there been a concerted effort by the Broncos and Sean Payton to keep their guys as informed as possible to prevent this from happening again?
3: You know, they they did uh, have a couple of uh, big meetings, big educational classroom-type meetings in uh, late May, early June. and They, they had them... Uh, you know, within a within a few days of each other, but it was too late for Uazarike and uh, cause it happened for him last year. It still should have been there for the guys last year because of Calvin Ridley. I mean, here's a guy that was uh, one of the star receivers in the game, you know, booted for a year for gambling on uh, the NFL. And, uh, I mean, that was prominent to everyone. I, I also, I think there were six players, uh, involved with, I think the Detroit lions, not all Detroit lions, lions and Carolina Panthers that got, uh, caught for gambling. And they, they were suspended anywhere from six games to a full year. So everyone should have been aware. Uh, Calvin Ridley said after he was done, after he had served his year, that he was in a bad place. And, um, just got was bored, got got carried away and it, it was easy with the app and you bet on the Falcons to win. Um you know uh was Zarike last year uh was redshirted basically for a year. He um uh you know he was he didn't play the first half of the season. Maybe he got bored on the inactive list. Uh, you know, I d I don't know and I'm not sure to the extent of what he bet on with the NFL games, whether they involve the Broncos or not. But he did bet on NFL games, and it should have been clear that you shouldn't do that. I think it is clear now, but, uh, again, a little late for any.
2: Uh, Mike, is Sean Payton untouchable? And is that a good thing or a bad thing for a football team that is trying to change the narrative nationally that they are a better team than what they have put out there the last seven years. Uh, yeah.
1: Morning,
3: morning. Hey, morning. Media. Media, Mike Liss. Yeah. You know where you're going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. oh, all right. Thank you, buddy.
0: Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, you got to work, man. Yeah,
3: yeah, you get to go to practice uh, while we're I'm in. Here. Yeah. I- I'm here, man. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sean Payton is the untouchable. Sean Payton, yes, is untouchable. Uh, he's got a five-year contract. He's got a lot of money in that contract. Um, yeah, you got, I, I tell you what, you, you got to believe in your leader. And, um, you know, there's a lot of talk of uh, culture or whatever. You got to have someone set the structure of how this organization is run. And um, I, think, I think Sean Payton needs more than a year, right? He needs uh, a couple years. What am I doing? Oh, I don't have it in. Uh, uh, <laughs> put I don't it in have park, it. Put it in park. Turn the key off and just there relax, is. Mike. Uh, he doesn't. You know, I I I think he, you need stability. I mean, there's the balance there, right? Uh, is it good to have where he's untouchable versus stability? I, Orlando, I've been going through head coaching searches. Uh, it seems like every year. Or every other year, and I think this team needs to have the same coach for a while. I think that's beneficial to the organization. They have a strong leader. They have ownership now that's really strong with the, with the uh, Walton Penner group, you know, headed by Greg Penner. I, I think, uh, everything is in place. We'll see about the quarterback. I do think Russ is going to play well this year. Um, they could have the, uh, they could have, uh, really all four pillars in place with Penner, George Payton. I think George Payton needs to win. Um, Sean Payton doesn't necessarily have to win to keep his job. Um, And then Russell Wilson, I think he has to win. Uh, But it's not, it's, it's, I think they're in better shape heading into 2023 than they have been in a while. And, but we'll see, you still have to go out there and, win a few more games than they have
0: been you said four pillars Mike I think it's five you missed Brett Maher the kicker you have to have that guy mm-hmm. as part of uh, your organization okay so last year Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach rolled out the red carpet for Russell it was all hail King Russell as he got there yeah. uh, whatever happens with his team it's all on you you all, and you alone can lead us to the promised land we love you Russell it's all about you it seems as if Sean Payton and his coaching staff are trying to do the opposite, trying to take the focus off of Russell, put it on the team itself, and take some of the pressure off of Russell so he doesn't have to feel like he has to do it on his own. Am I picking that up correctly? Do you see that happening? And if so, why do you think they're doing that?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I think that started last year when Jerry Rosberg uh, took over in the um, as the interim. Um, Russell Wilson made those sacrifices from comfort, you know, the, uh, the upstairs office, um, the coaches inside the building. And by the way, when, uh, you know, everyone was on the same page with all that, and that was done in, in good faith. I mean, it was done because Packett and George Payton, they believed that was the best way for this team to win was to, you know, have Russell Wilson, um, have everything that he wanted that he that Russell Wilson thought would make him a better quarterback. That didn't work, and so with uh, a couple of weeks left to go in the season, um, Jerry Rossberg went to to Russell Wilson, and to Russell's credit, he agreed to sacrifice the upstairs office and agreed to keep his uh, personal coaches outside the building. So that it wasn't Sean Payton. first did that. Now he's he let it be known that uh, that's going to continue but that moved uh, that change was made at the end of last season. You know and by the way the Broncos look more like a a pretty good team in those last two games against the Chiefs uh, which was a tight game and, and the Chargers which they won even though the Chargers did play their starters in that game. So Um. I, I, I think that focus away from Russ and toward the team with Russ still being the leader of the team as the quarterback. I, I, I think that's been implemented for a while. Uh, now it, you saw signs that things were better at the end of last season. And that's why I think, uh, the Broncos are going to have a pretty good year this year because now the proper structure is in place where the quarterbacks not on the throne, but um, kind of one of the uh, subservience, if you will uh, players, you know the players are uh, obey the obey the coaches and uh, Russell Wilson is kind of the first in line to obey the coaches and uh, can kind of lead the guys behind
0: them. He's one of the guys. He's got to be one of the guys and a member of the team yep. that's performing at a high level just like everyone else. If he does that and doesn't try to do everything himself, things will be all right. Uh, we appreciate you breaking the cell phone rule to join us. Is that going to be a real rule out there? I mean, I read that, um, Mike, that there's no cell phones allowed. Is that true? You know, I
3: haven't, I haven't read the rules yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm probably, I will probably find out the hard way. No,
0: um, you're exempt, Mike. You're a made man.
3: <laughs> I actually, uh, well, here's the deal. I think when fans are out here, we can tweet. Okay. Um, and when they're not out here, we can't tweet. I think that's the rule. It's called so X maybe now. To, may, Yeah, maybe today we can't.
0: So I don't know. But um, we'll see how it goes. All right, man. Enjoy yourself. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Hey guys. There he goes, Mike Kliss, 9 News Broncos insider on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. Okay, Chad, you asked him about... Uh, Ioma Wazirike's suspension and, uh, the subsequent, just this, the whole NFL gambling policy and how that's being dictated. Sean Payton had some really interesting things to say about that policy, Roger Goodell, and how this thing is unfolding. We're going to dive into that next. You've been admitted. VIP entry into The Players Club with Orlando Franklin, Chad Brown, and Nate Jackson. Yeah. It's time. It's almost time. I'm getting excited listening to Mike clips Talking about training camp, checking in, giving his credentials. He's getting out there. These, these fellas are there. They're in the building. They're going to be out there doing a little practice today. We heard DMACC, and You were on with Mac yesterday. is excited about the getting to see all the muggles. <laughs> is that heaven for Mac? just being around all the muggles? Is there, is there a better place for Mac than just being amongst the muggles and just being able to just muggle chat? I think he enjoys it I mean Clearly I on every day of the year I yeah.
2: honestly enjoy The first day as well Coming kind of All together And yeah. just find out What each other Has been doing And it's kind of like The one day Where we're all On the same side <laughs> Of this thing Yeah Like day two It's like Yeah I'm on the fan You're over there You're you're <laughs> you, you know Like hey You know and Don't talk to me What I see at training camp Every single year Is that Typically I like, you You hang out with People from your station after day one, like day one, you're kind of just roaming and you're hey, it's good to see you and you're having all these different conversations. But come day two, I walk in. I'm, I'm looking for, OK, where where, where are the fellows at or where, where's the team at from the fan? And that's kind of where I go and park it. So I look forward to day
0: one as well. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Don't, don't you guys kind of look forward to the first day of getting back out there? Well, yeah, for me, all those, all the Muggles, they were all. When I played, I knew these people, and, and they weren't. I didn't care what station they were on. They were just all, all Muggles, yeah. you know. And so I just have, have friendships with them from that. It wasn't a competitive thing. And of course, the the relationships with the Broncos personnel, some of whom have been there for multiple decades, yeah. are still there. Have withstood different coaching changes, and, and now have withstood an ownership change, which is even scarier. For those folks, and so it is great to see all those people. They're they're just good people, man. I mean, you know, everyone's competitive, but they're good. They're good human beings, and and we all want to see the Broncos win. Uh, And so that's why Sean Payton was here to to get the Broncos winning again. And we're all hopeful that he can. Um, He had he had some critical things to say about the league's gambling policy yesterday in reaction to Ioma Owaserike's. Suspension. Yomo a defensive lineman, who Mike Cliss said redshirted most of last year, wasn't active. Might have been bored. Um, dialed up his app and then got popped for it. Is Sean Payton's criticism though warranted, or is just stem from a fractured relationship with Roger Goodell and the Shield? You remember, look, Sean Payton was punished. He had to sit out an entire season for the bounty gate stuff, and a lot of other ugly stuff came out because of that. He learned from that, I'm sure, but he's just not number one in Roger Goodell's book. Um, do you think, before I get into these quotes, do you think that he has an axe to grind with Roger Goodell, or Orlando? I think it's a little
2: bit of both. I think he's frustrated that this young man on his football team that he was probably counting on maybe playing 25 to 30 percent of the reps on that defensive line rotation. Now is out for the year and just how the NFL delivered it. You know, with reading this article, he kind of talks about the terminology and what he got from the NFL and throwing it out the window and basically having somebody on the Broncos staff like kind of, hey, take the cliff notes of this thing because it's not clear. And now you're going to address the team. We're not just going to show this video because I think it's a little bit too confusing for the players. So I think that there's definitely that aspect of feeling bad for the player but but also being upset with the league as far as you know not making things very clear when it comes to this specific policy but also, you definitely see that there is a little bit of that uh, uh, axe to grind with Roger Goodell. And, and you know, we do know that the situation that Sean Payton got suspended, he wasn't allowed to communicate with the team. And I didn't know that during that time he had to report if he ran into anybody. Like, that seems a little bit over the top for the league. So I, I could see it both ways after reading this article as far as Sean Payton sounding off yesterday and, and really criticizing the NFL. When
1: the entire class or majority of class fails the test, whose fault? Is that the student's fault? Is that the teacher's fault? And I think Sean Payton is is looking at this from the teacher angle. Did we give these guys enough information? Did we coach them up well enough so they can avoid making these kinds of mistakes? So if, if players around the league are getting popped, you know, as we talked about yesterday, there's certainly an addictive nature for some folks to gambling. But at the same time, is there enough information? Has the league done enough? Have the teams done enough to prevent this from
0: happening? Well, I'm glad you used that analogy because that was one that Sean Payton also used. Um, And he talked about it before. You know, if everyone in your class is getting D's, you got to look at yourself as the teachers. Sean Payton gave an exclusive interview with USA Today. Had some criticism when it came to the NFL's gambling policy. Here's what he said. Quote, when you have a bunch of players getting D's, you have to start looking at the message. We've had a lot of D's in our league this year with this policy, end quote. And when Sean Payton was reminded that Owaserike is the 10th player to be suspended since April for gambling, Payton replied, shame on us, shame on us. In the interview, Payton claimed that the material about the policy that the league sent out was, quote, awful. And he instructed Mark Thews, the Broncos vice president of football operations and compliance, to provide a streamlined version Uh, of the policy that Payton could present to the players and team staff. Quote, this is more from Sean Payton, quote, you can't bet on NFL football ever, ever, ever. I don't give an expletive what it is. The other thing is, it's the same as the gun policy. You can't bet on nothing if you're at your facility, your hotel, your airplane. So wherever you can't carry a gun, you can't place a bet. It's real simple for the players. You can't bet on football. Period. You can bet on the other sports, dogs, ponies, craps. You can do all that, but you can't do it while you're at the facility. Kind of sounds like he's sort of talking out of both sides of his mouth, right? If it's that clear to him that you can't bet on anything ever, but it, but the but the literature wasn't clear.
2: Yeah, I think that that's what he's saying. No, I think he's saying that this is as you can make it this simple, right? Because let's just be honest, guys. We all know about the NFL. We know about the gun policy in the NFL, right? So if you came up to, if I, if you knew nothing about the gambling policy, Nate and Chad, with the National Football League, but I came up to you and said, look at the gambling policy exactly how you would look at the gun policy. Wouldn't that give you some clarity as to what you can do and what you can't do? Because we know that we can't bring a gun to the facility. We know that we're not supposed to have go- guns in our cars and on the facility property. We know that we can't take a gun on the team plane. We know that we can't take a gun in a team hotel. We know that we can't take a gun in the stadium. We know all those things. So if I tell you now to... The exact, everywhere that you cannot bring a gun, that's where you cannot gamble. And oh, by the way, the extract, the little dot, 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 is that you can't gamble on football. It's, doesn't that make it clear? Like, like, it makes it very simple when you when you break it down like that. But I think Sean Payton is complaining about the... 20 minute video that the NFL sends out on the rules and hey this is how we're going to do it and and it could possibly get a little bit unclear when you're looking at at it like that so I think there's definitely a beef right there I've been in I've watched rule changes where I'm sitting there like, "What the heck are we doing here? Why are we watching this? This is 20 minutes. You can show me one play and just speak two sentences to me and get me out of this meeting as fast as possible." And so I think that's
1: what he's showing his frustration with. I think this policy, the first policy uh, or attempt to communicate the policy, was written by some league lawyers. Um, you know, and it, it was not phrased as plainly as simply as Sean Payton phrased it right there. To O's point, if you attach it to an, an already existing policy that every player in the league has a really strong understanding of, then that gives you best chance for success. But to show a 20-minute video and have players begin to roll their eyes over because what are you talking about? Just give me the braces. Give me the bullet points, man. Um, you've clearly lost some guys, and now we've lost 10 players to gambling suspensions because the league's inability to communicate the message clearly. Could some of those guys still be popped and have that addictive nature that I talked about yesterday? It's certainly possible. But if the more clear you communicate your policies, your rules, your regulations – the better chance you have, everyone following those rules and regulations.
0: Do you think that's why it was such a heavy-handed response, like Yomo uh, Wazareke done for an entire calendar year and can't get reinstated or even you know come back on a facility until July twenty fourth of next summer?
1: I think so. I think they're going super heavy-handed to make the message as clear as possible. We are serious about this. We're not playing around. There's no, uh, okay, well, next time, don't do this kind of thing. They are coming at this thing full bore. So whether it's the communication angle of things or just scaring the heck out of players with this, uh, what seems to be heavy-handed punishment, they're trying to communicate a message.
2: It's like having children, right? When your kids do something, you come down with a harsh punishment. Most likely, it's going to stick. They're going to pivot and go in a different direction. That behavior might not happen again. You come down, just slap them on the wrist. You're going to see that behavior multiple times and have to deal with it over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, crazy thing is you, you talk about the gun policy. If you do get caught with a gun, you're not going to get suspended for the whole year. Mm. It would be a different kind of punishment. Yeah. It might just be a slap on the wrist the first time, right? Mm-hmm. You might not get suspended at all for having a firearm.
2: Right, yeah, so that, so that's the thing, right? You bring a firearm to the stadium, you're getting suspended. Yeah. What about the facility? Uh, you you should get to really depending on the player, right? I mean, yeah. and that's the difference, right? They, now your head coach is looking at it, and it's like, oh my goodness gracious! If Russell Wilson brought, you know, accidentally <laughs> had a gun, don't do and it. Brought well, sorry, it to the guys, facility, don't do it, Russ. I didn't I, know this I, was in my bag. Like was we that wouldn't that even problem? we wouldn't even hear of it. Like this, this giant truck comes with free guns yeah, already on it. Sean Payton is not going to hurt his football team. Now the backup, like uh, long snapper, does it, and you probably see a year-long suspension. and He probably gets booted off the football team in a situation like that.
0: So, are you saying that if it was Russell Wilson who who, who got caught gambling, would he be suspended you know, for the whole year? No, I'm saying that it's different.
2: It's viewed differently when it is your head coach and like a gun situation it would probably be dealt with as a team thing. Yeah. that for the Denver Broncos with this gambling stuff right now, they're tracking these guys' phones. That's how they're finding out about it. They're seeing that these guys made a bet because they logged into the team Wi-Fi. They see these guys made a bet because you're at the team hotel in Houston now, and you logged into the Wi-Fi as well. And when you're you do something to your team, if you're a coach, how much how bad are you going to hurt your football team in that situation, or are you just going to kind of sweep certain things underneath the rug? and well, maybe
1: fine a guy instead of suspending a guy. Take your gun to the strip club and use their Wi-Fi. That's the best way to
0: <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if anybody ch- checked Russell Wilson's phone from last year. Maybe he was betting against the Broncos last year, <laughs> and that's why he went 5-11 and 11 as a starter. All right, guys, uh, starting Friday, our analysis of training camp 2023 will be presented by Zing Small Business Marketing Services. That's Zing. Small business marketing services. You remember the NBA recently renegotiated their CBA. They gave their players or are giving their players the ability to invest in some of these gambling companies. Well, Sean Payton had some thoughts along those lines, and we're going to keep going with the gambling policy. That's next.